For the next six days, we will work through the six sections of the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. This is one of these wonderful, wonderful parts of the Gospel that we hardly ever read through, and it's really just wonderful. And so we start today with the story of Zechariah. And I'd like you to pay attention. St. Luke is really a genius in his use of geography. And so the story of the Gospel of Luke begins in the holy city of Jerusalem, in the temple, which is the holiest building in the city, in the holy of holies, the holiest spot. When Zechariah, the Levitical priest, is in the middle of the most sacred act that he will ever perform in his life. And it is then, at that moment, that he is told that the thing he has been praying for all his life is going to happen. I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler for you, but tomorrow we'll hear about what Gabriel did six months later when he visited a woman named Mary and gave her similar news to what Zechariah hears today. Mary, like Zechariah, questions Gabriel, but she is not struck mute. Why is that? Well, Zechariah is at the highest moment of his life. The Levite priest would go to Jerusalem twice a year to serve, and by lot, one of them would be chosen to offer this incense offering. And the only people who got to draw the lots were the guys who had never done it before. So this is the one time in his life. He's in the holy city, in the holy building, in the holy of holies, doing the holiest thing of his life, and an angel says, your prayers have been answered. Mary was not praying to have a child out of wedlock. And it was an ordinary day. So when she questions there's a reason why that's not considered offensive to God in the way that Zechariah does. At Mass, we celebrate something similar to Zechariah's celebration when we consecrate the Eucharist. Here we are in a church, in the chapel, at the altar, with this white cloth, and then we'll put down the corporal, so, you know, you, the, the, they told me in liturgy class, you just think of squares and squares of holier and holier. And then all of our prayers, together, God does what we pray of transforming the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Christ. It's a moment when we have high expectations. But that bread and that wine over here, it represents us, our ordinary hopes and fears, our joys and our sorrows, our labors and our ordinariness. Can we, like Mary, like the wife of Manoah, expect transforming news in ordinary moments as well? As Christians, we strive to continually become like Christ, not just at the Eucharist.